everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Fuelixer. Fuelixer is the sports nutrition subscription box built for endurance athletes and enthusiasts. Every weekend, thousands of men and women strap on their running shoes, hop on their bikes, plunge into pools to train for the next big race. From newbies to Olympic athletes, these individuals are serious about their sports. Spending thousands of dollars on equipment, coaching, and training, all in an effort to reach their peak. They don't know it, but they're missing something. The power they are after isn't in the fancy gear or in coaching alone. The real secret is nutrition. And when it comes to sports performance, what you put in your body matters as much as what you do with your body. Rather than shipping subscribers a random box of sports nutrition products, Felixer builds boxes using a combination of performance data from Strava, nutrition requirements, and taste preferences. Felixer sees the types of workouts you do and gets insights into the weekly training volume. Felixer combines this data with nutrition requirements and your preferences gathered through the Felixer survey. Empowered by sports nutritionists, ex-pro cyclists, competitive athletes, in a little math, Felixer's journey begins by doing the shopping, researching, and calculating for you, the athlete. Felixer makes practicing sports nutrition a personalized experience for newbies all the way to U.S. Olympic athletes. It's easy and fun to get started. All you have to do is go to Felixer.com, connect your Strava performance data, Take a quick nutrition survey, and boom, Felixer selects the sports nutrition gels, bars, chews, hydration, protein, and recovery fuel that fit your individual nutritional requirements and preferences. All you do is you choose your Felixer recommended box size that was calculated based on your historical performance data. With Felixer, you can unlock your potential and really get back to what you are most passionate about. Whether it's cycling, running, or swimming, Fuelixer fuels you. Now, let's tune in to the Fuel Talk podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Pablo Quiroga. I'm your host, and this is Fuel Talk, the show where we discover people and products with ties to nutrition, data, performance sports, and the mind. On today's episode, we welcome Casey Halstead. Correct. Casey, my friend, pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. You got a whole crew, um, and I can't wait to meet everyone else. Uh, So a brief intro, guys. Uh, Casey Halstead is a professional mixed martial arts trainer with over eight years of coaching experience. Originally a mixed martial artist with a boxing foundation, Casey took his Eddie Bravo Jiu-Jitsu black belt, striking and wrestling skills onto the teaching platform. Um, He's a badass, he's a rock star. He's also the owner and head coach of 10th Planet Las Vegas, 10th Planet Costa Mesa, he's a hustler, 10th Planet Buena Park, and 10th Planet Orange, yeah? Uh, While still training under seventh degree red and black belt, uh, John Jock Machado, and 10th Planet founder Eddie Bravo. My friend, 
You are from definitely another planet. <laughs> um, you know, um, it's totally up to you. Um, so yeah, kick it off. All right. Well, uh, I kind of I have a, a very eclectic upbringing. My my mother lived in like LA County area growing up, and my dad lived in South Orange County. So there was a huge diversity in the people that I grew up with. You know, living in South Orange County with my father was very affluent, and then living in LA County with my mother was a little bit less affluent, I would say. And uh, so I had a, I had a very well-rounded upbringing with uh, with a variety of different types of people, and they all have influenced me uh, growing up. I started uh, wrestling when I was seven years old at just the local rec center, and uh, ended up kind of doing that off and on all the way. My junior high school that I went to had a traveling wrestling team where we get on, we'd wrestle other junior high schools at the time. So I did that, and then. Um, I had a traditional martial arts background as well. I was doing karate, Kempo karate, like pretty nice. much as a child, up all the way into my teen years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then uh, kind of once I hit my teens, I would say about 13, just the rails fell off of my life and uh, ended up dropping out of high school as a freshman. That's why I didn't wrestle in high school and uh, got into some serious trouble and uh, got, got out kind of changed my life around and I say this all the time uh, Ashley Evan Smith sitting next to me she's one of my uh, UFC fighters and, and I say it to them all the time is uh, I literally have zero talents I, I, I um, am not athletic but the, the two things that I'm really good at is I'm good at identifying talent and I'm also good at kind of picking people and modeling myself after them so, so I try to find people that are excellent and they're, they're doing amazing things, and then I try to learn directly from them. And so uh, it's just been a, it's been a pretty wild ride, and I've, I've met some amazing people, and uh, I'm just happy to be here and living. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear about how, um, you know, because there are significant events in our lives and experiences that have a profound impact, um, you know, on the development and our growth, right, as humans. So when you say derailing, uh, the look on your face seemed like it was very something powerful. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Like, what was that like? like? What happened? Yeah, for sure. You know, I have I have some really set philosophies in my life that that I try to live by, and and I think that a lot of times people look at a divorce or a death or getting in trouble and going to jail, they look at those as like major tragedies, and a lot of people can't recover for, from that because. They, they use them as like crutches to just fail and not succeed. And, and for me, I've had three major life resets in my life. And uh, one of them was when my parents split up. The other one was when I got arrested as a teenager. And then uh, the third one was a divorce that I went through as a, as a you know, 27, 28 year old man. And uh, out, out of each one of those situations, that's why I said I learned from my mistakes and I, and I so um, these were very pivotal for me, and, and the reason they were, they were so uh, instrumental in the shaping of who I am today is because I made a decision, not when I was younger, but, but the, the getting arrested and then the going through the divorce, I made a decision at those points I could remember distinctively saying to myself, I'll never do that again, and let's go ahead and just deal with what's in front of us and, and start to get better. And so 
each one of those were very, very hard pivots in my life. I was going down one road, bang, something happened, and I made a hard pivot. And and the reason that the reason that uh, I even made it out because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I just knew that I'm not going to do this again, right? And then I just started looking at people that I admired, and, and I was like, wow, you know. And and I try to look at how how they are behind the scenes, like how do you treat your mother? How are you treating your girlfriend? You know, how do you treat your kids? Oh, you treat them all awesome? Okay, you're somebody that I can look to for, for uh, you don't even have to suggest it to me, it's just a model. And you may not even know that, that I'm modeling myself after you or, or that I'm taking some of the things that you do. But uh, yeah, so those major pivots in my life and the ability to kind of pick people that were doing the right thing and, and mimic, or learn or emulate, I would say that's that's what they that's what happened. Right. Did that answer the question? Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I, I I look like I'm. I feel like uh, like I'm almost looking in the mirror when you're when you're describing this stuff. You know, it's always good to kind of uh, be able be able to identify the thing the your your own weaknesses, uh, your own faults, uh, your own gaps and observe how and who can fill those things, you know? And it's, it, that's kind of like what you're describing, and I've, you know, I've done that throughout my life, too. Uh, definitely always surrounding yourself with uh, people who are, like, ten times better than you, right? In some aspect. Absolutely. And taking the best from people. Absolutely. That's rad, man. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're sitting in your, in your uh, what would you call this? Uh, gym. Your dojo. Gym? Dojo? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what what was the first your first experience with jujitsu like when did you first see that um, that art yeah so so pretty much everyone that came up wrestling uh, or in martial arts they they kind of became aware of jujitsu through the UFC UFC number one number two right it's, it's common I, I thought Hoist Gracie was also Iranian because uh <laughs> I, Iran has like very good wrestling mm-hmm. and so there's these guys doing these things that nobody knew what it was I, I didn't understand that they were Brazilian but I'm not the first guy to say that a lot of people did and uh, and for me you know uh, jiu-jitsu actually became kind of it became a way for me to stay out of trouble because uh, left alone just with idle time I'm just continually making mistakes so it became a placeholder for me, and then and then as I started to progress in jiu-jitsu, it just kind of took over my life. And and uh, a lot of people preach religion or whatever, but for me, my religion is jiu-jitsu because I've literally seen it create the biggest changes in my life, inside and out. My ability to communicate with people, uh, my ability to handle uh, any kind of situation, good or bad. You know, a lot of that came directly from jujitsu. It's it's a it's a equalizer for me. Like I don't I don't ever get too high on myself, and I don't ever get too low on myself because I'm getting checked daily in training. And so um, I would say that uh, it became aware to me because I was in martial arts. Yeah. But I had a, I had a big hiatus, you know, through high school. Yeah. And um, I would say I I was already like rounding into an adult when I started finding jujitsu. Is it probably about 13 or 14 years ago? So I was getting in late. Right. And uh, but when I got in, I mean, I was all in from yeah. day one. And and I literally chose to get back into grappling because I was a wrestler growing up. So I was like, okay, what can I do as an adult? 
jujitsu. Jujitsu is what I'm gonna go do, and then it just it just consumed me. Right, right. So like, I mean, how have uh, how have you evolved into, I mean, this you know, massive entrepreneur that you are right now? Well, I. <laughs> Tell me this story because, I mean, of all the locations that you have all over the place, I mean, that's not an easy feat. You know, that's uh, that's a lot of uh, time on the mat in business. Absolutely. So so the, the jiu-jitsu thing, like, I, I was actually trying to be a fighter. Uh, I, I'm not very good at it. But uh, so it was just kind of natural. You know, you look at you look at the, the old school basketball coaches, they were probably the worst basketball players, you know. The, the really talented people don't have to pay attention to the technique as much as the ones that lack talent. Right. So for me, that always helped me. Like in, in wrestling, I was never any good. So I had to be really technical. And in martial arts, I wasn't wasn't any good either. So I have to pay attention to the technique. And um, so, oh, I forgot the question. I just got to uh, no no how you how you started uh, you know your empire of oh how, okay I got it okay so so then um, I got into coaching because I pay attention to the technique so much because I lack the physical ability to actually go out there and demonstrate it I have to know it so um, and then my corporate background I was a uh, I was a high level manager for a big big box chain for a long time and then I transitioned to an oil company and and my job there was talent development that was my job my job was to like find somebody who can be the next guy and develop them and get them going so that's something that I think comes natural to me so when one of the first obstacles that I had to get over when when I decided to open my own gym so I became so consumed with it that I'm also a family man I have a wife and kids at home I needed a way to be able to rationalize the amount of training that I was doing, so I had to parlay that into a job, right? right? Or else I would just feel guilty. So I decided to open my own gym. I was a brown belt, which is a significant way through through the actual art, but I knew that I can lead people already at that point. So, but the, the real significant thing that had to happen before I could open a gym was I had to realize that I was valuable enough to actually... Uh, open up something because you know the way that I was raised it was I was raised with you'll be lucky if you ever get a job and if you get a job you just you got to work and you got to keep your nose down and wait for Saturday and Sunday wait for the vacation you're going to get three or four weeks a year if you're lucky and so I had to kind of deprogram myself from what my parents you know my my dad was raised by parents that grew up in the Great Depression so it was be grateful just have a job and try to buy a house and have a kid and just shut up and work and uh, so I had to do a lot of deprogramming, and and so I opened this gym, and right away I started to recognize that there was amazing people around me, and uh, just students. So then I started talking to my students, and and I understood that they wanted they wanted to live uh, a leaner lifestyle. I didn't understand lean at that point yet, but uh, as as I started progressing through my oil business, the company that I was with. They used the, the lean practice from Toyota. They brought in a manager and they came in and they literally wholesale fired 50% of the staff. And they were all people that were like 30 years wow. in. They were like 30 years in. And so this was another big pivot in my life, as I said. This company that I'm giving, I'm selling all my moments in time. My kids are growing, they're at home. My wife 
is at home experiencing all this rad time and I'm giving all my moments to this company and at the end of the day they can pull it out under from underneath you like a rug so they came in and they 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 implemented the lean practice and they taught me a valuable lesson so I went home and I and I listed all my finances and I listed all my time expenditures on on a financial sheet too what do I do when I wake up how much TV am I watching am I watching the Lakers am I watching you know what am I doing and then I looked at it and when I looked at it it was alarming to me and I was just I was like whoa three hundred dollars a month on direct TV this is absurd you know three hundred dollars a month translates into however much you're making per hour and so immediately call cancel and then I started going down the list and you, you start subscribing to a bunch of things you know this guy's website's 9.99 he's got awesome content you subscribe but then five years later you know you're spending just an exorbitant amount of money on this stuff so I started trimming and then I started I started trimming my time and then all of a sudden all these these super awesome I, I was able to instead of having these things I just started putting my family in place instead so it was like instead of watching the Lakers my daughter and I are gonna go to the park and we're just gonna do cool stuff and and then um, so as I was developing this thought process and it was all thanks to my oil company yeah um, I, I was noticing that there's other people in the world that are living like this too this is not an original thought that's why that's why I think it's an evolution. I think you just kind of wake up one day if you're doing what you love to do. I think you just you just evolve into this. Like no matter what, you're just gonna evolve into it. And if you're brave enough to make real sacrifices, you can do it for a living. And so, I started looking at these kids that I was training, and I, and I'm able because I've been trained to spot talent. I was able to see these kids that are doing amazing things and, and they're amazing people and they can lead a team. And then I felt this uh, fatherly, just uh, like a love and I felt compelled to put my money where my mouth was. And then so it was like, well, I have these three guys, they need to make money doing this too. So I'm gonna open 10 Planet Point of Park. That's gonna create another revenue stream where I can hire some more coaches over there. And then boom, I developed a couple more guys over there. And then it was like, okay, we need to open up 10 Planet Orange. So we opened up 10 Planet Orange. And then, then we opened up uh, 10 Planet Irvine, 10 Planet Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Tucson, Lombard. And, they, and we've just been expanding. And then my Muay Thai coach, I'm, I know Muay Thai, I trained it, but I'm not good at it. But I own a Muay Thai gym called Classic Fight Team because the guy that was teaching kickboxing in my gym was so amazing. I was making thousands of dollars a month off of his talent, and he was, I was only paying him hundreds. And I just felt, I felt like uh, grief, and I felt ill because of it. So I was like, if you just stay here, you're going to be making me all this money and I'm paying you just a little bit. I go, why don't I just move you down the hall and open your own gym for you? And he's like, I don't have any money. And I said, well, I'll, I'll do it, we'll do it. And so Tyler Wombles, we moved him over. And uh, that's pretty much how, how it happened. I just feel, I feel this tremendous gratitude for the people that add to my life. And I just wanna make sure that I reciprocate everything that they've ever given me. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Damn, man, you're setting fires. All Doing, over the place. Trying my hardest. You're setting fires all over the place, man. I gotta touch you, bro. Yeah. I gotta get a high five. I mean, that's some deep shit. Yeah, it's, a, it's it, you know, you, you learn, like, it's it's literally uh, addition through subtraction, you know? Like, I, I literally, I have some sayings, you know, because I'm a coach and, and a mentor to a lot of my students, so I have these, like, canned little responses that I use, and uh, 
one of them is like you have to have like firmly established pillars you know so for me mine was through uh reducing you know i i i, I literally stripped myself down to nothing and and my three pillars are simple i'm i'm charmaine's husband i'm charlie and abigail's dad and i'm i'm a coach to like ashley and my fighters and and that's it. And so, like, if you stripped me down naked and put me in the middle of the street, nothing would change. If you took everything away from me, nothing would change. I'm still going to be Abigail and Charlie's dad. I'm still going to be Charmaine's husband. And I'm still going to be Ashley's coach. There's going to be no difference. So I, I make sure that every day I spend, I don't identify by things. Mm. And that, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great life philosophy, man. Yeah, it's, it's working so, so far. Like that. How, how have you um, kind of observed yourself uh, evolving as a human, like over the past, you know, couple of years? Like, have you kind of reflected and take, taken inventory of, you know, of yourself? Like, how do you think you've evolved? That That's a rad question. I'm actually, I'm so happy that you brought it up because this is an evolution that literally two weeks ago, I was at Zion with my wife and my little daughter who's two years old, and I'll explain. So, uh this 14 I have a 14 year old and she's amazing but when she was born I felt it was the first time I, I had instantaneous spontaneous unconditional love and it almost killed me inside it was like a bomb went off inside of me right and I vowed that day that I will teach you everything that that you need to know I'm gonna teach you I'm your teacher I'm your teacher I'm gonna show you everything and uh it made her an amazing person, right? And then as a 41-year-old man, I had a daughter with my wife. And this kid beat the odds. You know, we, we weren't able to have a baby, so we did in vitro fertilization. Wow. Every embryo failed except for Charlie, my little girl. And um, and so we, my wife, I was in L.A. I travel all the time to train Ashley and all my other fighters. So um, I'm always somewhere. And I was in LA and I was driving home and my wife said to me, Casey, I got us a hotel room in Zion, which is like two and a half hours from here. And I'm coming the other way from LA and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just wanna, I wanna go home and go to sleep and I wanna spend the weekend on my back, yeah. you know, just enjoying my kid. And, and my wife's like, do it for me. It's my birthday on Sunday. Let's go spend the, you know, a couple days over there. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go, right? Cause I don't say no, that's all something, that's something else we'll talk about later. But um, so I'm in Zion, right? And and I got I have got my two year old, and she's super crazy and cool, and she's just like, wow, mountains, wow, water, and she drops something down, and she does the squat, back perfectly straight, and she just squats at the knees and reaches down and picks it up, perfect posture, and uh, and we're sitting in traffic, you know, like to kind of get into the park. We're on the bus. There's just a lot of people. And my daughter's just having a, an amazing time. Yeah. And there's nothing. I mean, it's just it's just beautiful. Yeah. But there's no toys for her to play with. We're standing right. in line to get on the bus right. to go to Trail 6. And, uh, and it dawned on me, man. It really did. Is I'm not here to be a teacher to anyone. I'm here to learn from everybody. So my evolution as a man... It has really started, you know, it's been it's been a, a pretty consistent progression. I call it evolutions because I keep arriving and then I realize that there's more and I just keep evolving and, and I don't fully ever change because I'm just in a constant state of evolution. 
but this one is going to be one of those really significant points in my life because that same feeling of unconditional love and spontaneous, like I would do anything for my first daughter, I have that for my second daughter too. But to realize that she's my teacher was overwhelming, man. And I almost start talking about it right now. It makes me want to cry because I am so grateful for these two girls in my life. And uh, I just want them to say cool things about me, you know, when, when I'm gone. I want them to, I just want them to say, like, my dad was cool, you know. But uh, it, it, it's overwhelming. Right now I'm about to start crying just thinking about this little two-year-old has been the biggest teacher in my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's amazing is uh, what it sounds to me is being in the now. Yeah. Being in the in the present moment, absolutely, which is the dif- most difficult thing I've been, I've been able, you know, to to kind of even be aware of that, you know, because uh, it's so easy to live in the mind, and once once we're in the mind, we're always either in the past or in the future, and it's so hard to just have no mind and just be here, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's pretty amazing and beautiful that that you had that moment you know of, of awareness really well awareness. she did it you know, <laughs> right? she it, like triggered something I, I don't even think it was me i just think she yeah. was just she was looking at me and just going dad look like this is great man like quit stressing on the line <laughs> look like this guy just look, vibe man yeah look at look who you're with i mean you're with everyone you want to be with yeah. you know like what's up dude yeah and, I, and i'm just looking at her and i'm like perfect posture she's beautiful she has no stress. There's no tension in her body. You know, she's behaving like a human should behave. And it's like, wow, we, we don't want to evolve into adults, man. We want to we wanna go back into children, you know? And, and totally. it's no mind for sure. It's definitely totally. just being present. Totally, totally. How, I mean, you've, you know, you've had a very intricate life. I mean, how have you found, or what's your process to overcome challenges? Whether it's like a daily task or, you know, um, trying to share an idea or a tactic, you know, with, with your athlete. Um, how do you overcome challenges yourself? Uh, per- personally, um, I really have kind of created a life where I don't have challenges. It, it, it seems kind of odd, but, like, um, imagine, like, each, per- each person in the world represents, like, a bubble, right? You, you are literally a bubble, and then you have 50 people that you keep real close to you, right? I try to have all those 50 people to be a positive charge inside of my bubble. I try not to have too many negative charges in my bubble. That doesn't mean that I throw away the, the people close to me that are bringing negatives into my life, but I try to help them. And I try to help them by teaching them to, to, to recalibrate their pillars, to like, oh, you're defined by your corporation, you're defined by the car you drive, you're defined by the amount of debt that you have. Like, we need to recalibrate that, and we need to be defined by, like, what we admire, you know, and and uh, and, and just kind of simplify and lean out. I use the term lean all the time because I don't know of a better one. Yeah. And um, so for, for me, I think I, ha- I have, like, a, an ability to relate to people and and what I'm what I'm the drum that I'm beating I believe to be authentic and so people buy it you know and and they and they 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 can actually look into my life and they can see that it's not it's not BS like you can go see my kids you can you can see my wife I have an open door policy people stay at my house all the time I have a I have a little casita in the back people are welcome to come 
I, we don't need, I, sometimes I don't even talk to my wife about it. I'm just like, yeah, come on over. And my wife always has enough food for everybody to eat. And if she didn't make enough portions for everybody, everybody just has smaller portions that night. You know, and, and it's just, we have that. So I think people, uh, oh, also, when people are going through hard times, I tell them, come to my house. Because sometimes seeing people that love each other and seeing functional humans is also a, a really good way to recalibrate people. And, um, you know, something I never say is no. So, like, if you call me at 4 in the morning and you're like, hey, I want to talk, okay, let's talk. You know, it's just like, I just don't say no. And, and I think that, I think that, like, from my fighters, you know, we have one sitting here. Uh, she could probably attest to that, you know, that I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and act. And, and uh, I pride myself on no matter how disconnected I get from people, if you call me, you'll hear this a lot, moving the refrigerator. If you call me and you need help moving the refrigerator, I will clear my schedule and I will move the refrigerator with you. Because no one wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we have Ashley here, right? Um, and and you, you guys are telling me, you can talk, you can, uh, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little, a little bit about yourself too? Uh, my background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like Casey said, I am his athlete. Um, I fight for the UFC at Bantamweight, but uh, before that, I was a wrestler in high school and college. Been fighting pro for since 2012, so about five years, give or take. <laughs> I don't know, bad math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've been working with Casey for a couple years, and um, out of Orange County, I'm at Team Oyama now, and. 10th Planet, Irvine, Costa Mesa, Las Vegas, you know, Orange, Buena <laughs> Park. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, wherever I'm yeah. at. It's nice to be, you know, it's like, it's like a, the better version of 24-hour fitness, you know, you're, you're traveling and you always got a sister gym somewhere you can go, you know, it's like family is everywhere, so it's nice. Uh, you know, I have both of you here, so, um, not to put you, not to put you on the spot, but you, you, you were talking about like learning from other people, right? So what's like one thing that you've learned from Ashley over this time, you know, this period of time of uh, training her? Oh, this is an easy question. <laughs> okay. So one, one thing I've, I've learned to be brave through Ashley. I mean, when you're, when you're stepping foot into an arena, you're lining up, they put you, they put you on a yellow mark and you're standing in the back and you're about to face somebody who wants to break your eye socket with an elbow and they've been training specifically to fight you for a minimum of eight weeks. And there's a black curtain and you can hear the, the opponent's walkout music come on, you know, their music, boom. And you hear the crowd cheering. Yeah. And, and you know, you're just sitting back there and, and I'm not even a fighting, I'm not fighting. Right. And I am literally what, shitting my pants. Right, like, what are you feeling, man? Describe that. Like, what is shitting your... I know what... Everyone <laughs> takes a shit, but, like, what is that feeling, man? When you have, like, you know, your soul, like, out there, like, you know, like, taking... Uh, imagine... Taking fight. Imagine, like, an Indian... Like, a Native American drum, like, boom, 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 boom. And that's kind of what your heart is doing. And you just, you just feel this, like... It, for me, you know, I have fought, so... I know what the fighter's going through too, so I feel the same way. But I get this like, imagine like the tide coming in. So you've got that, you've got the Native American drum beat, the boom, 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 and then, and then maybe like the the waves come in and it's super cold and you just feel like cold water through your feet, just whoosh, rushing through your feet, and then that cold starts to go up your shins and through your knees and into your hips, 
and then it gets into your lungs and your lungs get a little bit tight and you're tired and you haven't even started to fight yet and you're just tired and then all of a sudden in my mind when I was fighting I started feeling like oh man like this guy's gonna he's gonna do this and he's gonna do that and then and then you have this little right before you walk out you have this mental battle where you have to tell yourself like it's not what he's gonna do to me it's what I'm gonna do to him and it's still this boom and this cold feeling and then all your coaches are like you got this you got this it's your time and you're like bullshit like shut up quit telling me I got this and it's just this it's just this wave of emotions and all this insecurity and you're naked and you're about to go out there in front of 20,000 people and then the, the curtains open and I never made it that far but she has and so she's taught me what true bravery is because she steps over that yellow line and her music kicks on and the cameraman's like, let's go. And then she just changes. And so I've learned that I have confidence in pursuing my goals and my dreams because I watch Ashley pursue her goals and her dreams. And I see that if she can do it, I can do it, even though we're doing it in different venues. You know, uh, she's doing it in fighting and I'm doing it in coaching and, and uh, human development. And um, man, she knows. I love her, man. And I, I learn from her all the time. But just to see her just make that decision, it's almost like the decision to jump out of an airplane. You know, it really is. Like when you step over that yellow line, you kind of say, can I cuss on him? Of course, man. You kind of you say, fuck it, let's roll, right? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, so that's what I learned from her. And then just the dedication because what people don't see you do because you ride bikes. You, you're, you're a cyclist, so you understand how much hard work you have to do to be able to compete at the highest level. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think she just kind of trains. They don't realize that with Ashley, I have to call her and say, I don't ask her ever, did you, did you run today? I don't ask her, did you do your strength and conditioning today? Did you do your jiu-jitsu, your kickboxing, your boxing? I say, what do I tell you? Slow down. Yeah. How, have you slept? Yeah. Did you take a nap? Like, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Like, hey. She's like, no, but I got I to gotta be ready. This coach wants it. And this and that. And I'm like, listen, I need you to get some sleep. Can you just do that? Is, uh, is recovery in your vocabulary? Uh, no. <laughs> we, we do. We do. Uh, it's in mine because I'm a 43-year-old. I mean, I'm turning 43. In hers, her time is now. So she's trying to seize the moment, right? But we do preventative maintenance, but not a lot of recovery. So, like, we'll go Orange County Fight Doc, Dr. William Kessler. You know, he's got all the T-car machines. He's got, you know, decomps, and he's got everything you need. And you go in there, and you get you get physically touched by another human. You know, they massage you, they adjust you, they work on you. And then I guess her only would be sleeping. Yeah. You know, outside of Fight Doc. Something my old wrestling coach used to say um, when we were sore or even had an injury, which is pretty kind of old school, but he'd say uh, the best way to recover is to get back on the mat. He called it active recovery. Just that kind of hard nose, like, you know, you just keep your body moving. But obviously, if it's something that's a serious injury and you can't work through it, you know, right now, my ankle's a little messed up, but I've been training on it regardless. And uh, like Casey said, you know, like certain situations, like like mine, like there is no time to rest right now. You know, I'm 29. I'm in the top level of my sport, and you know, if I don't, if I st- I feel like if I stop, then someone's gonna step in, and and I know that to be very very true. So, you know, the recovery thing. It's I think that's honestly the hardest part about fight camp. 
not the training, not the mental part, not the, not the preparation, but the recovery, because as Casey has said, you know, I get so excited and, and, and so in love with my job that I just want to be so ready and I forget to slow down and recover and sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, do you, do you share like a, a spiritual component to your training and like, you know, on how you communicate with your athletes and your, and your fighters? Uh, is that part of what you guys do in the sense of like, you know, meditation, um, breathing techniques uh, things like that yes for sure I you know we I think it's spiritual because like while they're training you know we're trying to get them in the most vulnerable positions that they can be in and you're literally playing virtual murder when you're doing jiu-jitsu for example someone gets your neck and they start squeezing on it you know theoretically if you were on the street and you didn't let go you can just kill somebody you know and uh, so as she's in the most compromised position with the best athletes on the planet and they're they're really trying to win in practice and and i'm coaching her through it i'm talking directly to her soul you know uh you know an experience that i had in one of my fights when my coaches were talking to me i didn't hear them i they were going like right into my brain their 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 words were not going through my ear and processing it like that like i felt like this weird connection where the whole crowd was like yelling and screaming. The other guy's corner was screaming and yelling and I can hear one of my coaches, just one. And so, yeah, it's absolutely spiritual for sure. It, Cause you're connecting, uh, you're stripping away like all the, all this stuff that's not real. And you're just dealing with the, with the real in the present moment. Like we've had conversations in the cage, you know, like she's fighting in Germany and I'm yelling at her like I thought she was gonna possibly get submitted in this position and I'm like Ashley clear your leg and I'm like screaming at her and in her mind she's like no I'm good you know so we have this really weird dialogue now like it's like it's like I tell her like what to be aware of but but you go how you feel you know like how do you right. feel but <laughs> because she ended up winning where she right. would have kicked her leg free right the girl probably would have scrambled. You might not have got the stoppage there. Yeah, you know? and and that that you know, uh, someone to the the outside ear, you know, listening in, they might say, oh, so you don't listen to your coach. But you know, that was like I'd say the only time in my professional career where my corner told me something and I had to make an executive executive decision because of the way that I felt it. Because they can see it, but they don't feel it. You know, and uh, that's pretty rare to be honest. It's it's usually 99% of the time they have that outside perspective and you you. Can't can't see it and they have the the upper hand so you listen you know even if even if you can't see it you just trust them because they can see yeah. and they're experienced and they're your coaches you just do what they say but this was one time you know and maybe it'll happen again but I, I don't think so it's a pretty rare situation where I'm just like no I got this <laughs> it was cool though it was yeah. really cool I mean not for her right? for <laughs> not for the other girl yeah. yeah she got elbowed like 12 times in the head yeah yeah, yeah. What, what's been like the most uh, emotional um, you know, fight that you've been uh, a part of. Oh wow, uh, that that one is a tough one. I've been I've been around some some real emotional fights. Uh, Mark Munoz, he's uh, he's one of my mentors. He's a guy that I look up to. I was his jujitsu instructor. Actually, there's his shorts from his retirement fight. Oh wow. UFC Manila. That was one of the most emotional moments. Uh, I didn't feel. Uh, I was happy about the win, for sure. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm glad that he won. But the emotion came because he retired, and he's a legend. 
Uh, and then another one of my fighters, one of Ashley's teammates, his name is Marlon Chito Vera. He's from Ecuador. And um, he's an amazing kid. Uh, his uh, oldest is his daughter. She has uh, uh, no muscles in her face, so she can't smile. And so he literally goes out and fights for to make money so he can get the surgery to fix his daughter's smile. That's a huge why. And, uh, and not only that, but he's, he's an, an amazing, amazing person. And so he had elbow surgery and uh, he, was out of, he was out of training, zero training for six weeks. He, he hadn't even started training in the gym yet, okay? So just, so wrap your head around this. He had elbow surgery. He was not in the gym because his elbow wouldn't move. Uh, Brad Pickett, who's a, an English fighter in the UFC, he's a legend. His opponent fell out and he's retiring. So they just need someone to step up and fight this guy. Seven days notice. He texts me and he goes, hey, we're going to England. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, Chico, but you haven't been training. And he goes, I've been running, coach. I'll be fine. And we, we went out We went out there and he knocked him out in the third round. What? Yep. Knocked him out in the third round. And this guy had been training for an opponent while my fighter had been recovering from Jeez. elbow surgery. And this is part of the whole thing that we're not going to say no. Yeah. We're just going to say yes. And we realize that in order to be successful, you need to have preparation, opportunity, and audacity. And saying no will never get you prepared. It'll never get you an opportunity. And you cannot be audacious by saying no. And uh, because he said, I can do it, we went and did it. And this guy was a legend. And my kid, Chito Vera, is 24 years old. He's an upstart. He's just a kid. And, but he's been saying all the time, I'm going to fight anywhere, anytime, under any reason, no matter what. I'm never going to say no. And man, that boy, that boy, we flew from Orange County to England, got off the plane, knocked this boy out. He made some real money, and uh, he got a $50,000 bonus for the knockout on top of his purse money. And uh, I, I, I almost started crying just because I realized how much it means to his family. You know, I mean, the win is cool, but yeah. but the fact that he was able to put some money in the bank to work for his daughter's surgery, yeah, totally. that's what life's about, man. Totally. So that was one. That was yeah. a good one. Tell me about your, your gyms, you know, like, um, I've always been, you know, I, I was telling you, I was, I was sharing a story about how I did Kempo Karate, you know, for a few years when I was younger, I was a kid. But, you know, uh, can, can normal people just go to a gym and, and jump into a class, like, um, what would you say to someone who's sort of interested, has never tried it, but you know, they just want to, they just want to do it, you know, and, and 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 they just want to meet someone like you, you know, and have like a mentor they can talk to for, for an hour or two, you know, and get some stress out of the way. Like, how would you bring in someone who who doesn't know anything about it and they're completely new? Okay, I'm gonna sell you then. Okay, <laughs> this it's the easiest way to do it. So, um, I, I would say that jujitsu is amazing. All right, so the best time to start training jiu-jitsu was yesterday, okay? So, like, if, if you come to me and say, like, hey, I want to I wanna go to the gym first and, like, hit the treadmill and lose some weight and get in shape, I would say jiu-jitsu is the best way to get in shape for jiu-jitsu. So you just got to start. And then, then I, would, I would draw a mental picture and say, imagine jiu-jitsu is a stone, okay? And it's a, it's a nice round stone. And then... All the good things about you are a katana blade, right? Like, uh, 
your commitment, your ability to be a father, a mentor, a friend, an earner, whatever is good about you. That's all a blade. And then all the bad things, the greed, the gluttony, the just laziness, all those bad things. That's just a pile of poo over here, right? And this rock, jujitsu, if you let it work for you, it'll sharpen the blade, it'll sharpen all the good stuff about you, and it'll smash out all the negative stuff about you. And you got, you have to invest time in yourself. It, and so this rock of jujitsu, you could interchange them. You could change that with cycling. You could change that with bouldering. You could change that with just uh, part-time or walking or whatever. But if you take like just a regular business model and you say like, you take, you take uh, 20% of your pay and you put it in the bank before anyone else gets paid. That's pretty standard. Everybody should be doing that. You make a thousand bucks a month, you should put 20% of it away. And then the rest of the money you have to pay your bills and live on, right? And then, so I say, if you can do that with money, why don't you do it with your personal time? We're so willing to give time to a football game, but you tell me you don't have time to come and invest in yourself. It it doesn't have to be jujitsu, but it has to do some. It has to be something that's going to make you happy and encourage a healthy living. You know, I, I've seen so many people come in here smoking cigarettes. They smoke cigarettes out there. They come and sign up jujitsu, and then they quit smoking cigarettes because they're just like, hey, cigarettes are getting in the way of jujitsu. And so I see people that don't do jujitsu and they're like, oh my God, I want to quit smoking cigarettes, but I just can't do it. I'm like, yeah, you need jujitsu. How's jujitsu gonna help me smoking cigarettes? I'm gonna be like, you want to be so perfect at that arm bar that I'm gonna show you. You wanna know it's so perfect that you're gonna wanna stay on the mats longer. And right now, cigarettes are the reasons you can't stay on the mats longer. And as soon as, as, soon as you find a passion that's healthy, a lot of the negative stuff goes away. The drinking, like, like, man, I'm so excited for Saturday morning training. I'm not going to go out and drink on Friday night because I don't want to be hung over and miss Saturday morning training. That's also something that happens. But you could take the jujitsu away and just say bouldering. And it works the same as long as you're passionate and you're in love with it. Well, I mean, from, from my experience, it's kind of scary going within, right? Going within is a dark space. Like, we were talking about suffering earlier, and what I mean by going within is, like, overcoming the, the, the pain and that, like, having endurance to push through. I can only imagine in, in grappling and wrestling, you know, you have someone wrapping around you, you know, trying to defeat you in your position um, through a strategy or, or, or whatever, but the whole time you're battling against that, you're pushing against that, you know? So most of that, yeah, it's happening physically, but uh, what about the mental game aspect of that? Like, what, what's happening like in the mind? Like, for example, Ashley, like, when some, you know someone has you in, in a very difficult position where they could just like end something, right? What's going on in your head, uh, in, in your mind? You know, what you just said, uh, like how you kind of grind through that, like where, where it stems from, and I think it's, it, it'll sound very funny because you know, me being a, a fighter, you know, a cage fighter, a mixed martial artist sounds so intense, but um, where I get my drive, it actually stems from a place of love. So 
like what Casey said, when you find something that you love and you'll start to make all these better choices because you love that so much and you want to be successful in what you love. So it could even start as a like. Let's say you do jiu-jitsu and you start to like it. Well, you know, you like you like a boy, then you love him eventually, right? Well, you start to like jiu-jitsu and then eventually you fall in love with it. And you'll fight for love, right? You'll fight. If you love something, whether it's a person or a thing, you'll fight for it no matter what. You know, it's one of the strongest um, uh, motivators, you know. Um, so basically what I'm getting at is, let's say I'm getting choked out, like you said, right? And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that. I love this sport so much. I want to be so successful. You know, I fight through it. I fight through the pain because I love it. And I love feeling like I'm good at something. And I love being successful at this thing that I love so much. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and also, also, it's uh, the, the, the first obstacle that a martial artist needs to accept and this is something that traditional martial arts have a terrible time exposing is ego they have a, they have a hard time exposing the ego because <laughs> I it's just like just got off the phone talking to someone about ego man and destroying the ego like oh ego Jesus ego's the worst it, ego may be the worst thing in humanity because uh you can see it like I, I get people that come in and uh I love law enforcement and we have a law enforcement special everywhere first responders military but oh, some people in law enforcement have a very hard time dealing with the jiu-jitsu thing so like i have a kid named scary carrie fan and he's 122 pounds soaking wet and he's adorable he's a he's a little vietnamese kid and he's a rock climber and i'm by rock climber i mean a very good rock climber so his grip and his strength to weight ratio is second to none. And so I'll get guys that come in and maybe law enforcement and they're, they're like, I'm trying to learn jujitsu so I can be better at my job. And just by nature of that statement, that's the wrong way. So then, you know, we, we train, they're all tired already. They're in really good shape, CrossFit type shape. And they're tired just in the warm up. And then we start doing jujitsu. And then I put size appropriate people on them. And then I want to see how they're going to do against, uh, I want to see how their ego is going to do. So then I put this little 122 pound boy on them and Carrie uh, literally will tap them out uh, 10 times in five minutes, choke them. And the ones that go, man, that was amazing. I'm like, you're one that can stay. And then the ones that are like, man, if this and blah, blah, and they just have a bad attitude about it, I don't have to say anything. They're not going to come back. Right. They can't handle it. Right. So, like, if you train jujitsu long enough, little by little, it just starts smashing the ego. And uh, that's why you see a lot of nerds, a lot of nerds do jujitsu because they've had their ego smashed in high school. You know, they were smashed in high school. So, we, I, we collect, I collect a really eclectic group of people in here and and i love it man this is a safe haven for whoever you are come on in just the first thing you got to leave at the door is the ego you got to get rid of that and uh and jiu-jitsu has a way of working it out of people yeah yeah man uh you know i'm gonna have to come back and do uh do the second episode for this please please anytime <laughs> we, have a, we have a lot to talk about but um i guess you know do you have any special shout outs to um you know specific people or groups or or anyone out there you know that has kind of um, you know pushed you and, and supported you to, to be the person and the, the human that you are today um, you know it's kind of like your time to give some love cool awesome man I you know 
there's there's been a ton of people in my life that have made like really really radical changes but first thing i want to thank my wife charmaine halstead you know she's the uh, she's really the brains behind the operation and uh she's been able to put up with me and support me and you know without her none of this would be possible and then of course my two best teachers that i've ever had my 14 year old daughter abigail and my two-year-old daughter charlie um, they're just amazing and uh, they help shape me and then all my fighters you know i too many to name ashley's sitting here with me she knows that one of one of the most intimate things that you can go through with somebody is cutting weight and uh you know we've we've shared a lot of really interesting moments in time and and uh, i think that no matter what happens in the future we've connected we're bonded you know and uh those are the moments that i live for and then uh, like on the product side i own my own clothing company called Nawaza apparel uh the guys at Nawaza. You know, we're, we're learning. We're learning how to do business. So we're not as good as we need to, but we're getting there. So if you guys need athletic jujitsu apparel wear, go to nawazaapparel.com. How do you spell that? N-E-W-A-Z-A. Cool. Nawaza. It's just, it, basically, it's a judo term. Judo starts standing, but the nawaza is like the jujitsu portion of the ground. So oh, okay. once it hits the ground, you get into nawaza. Oh, okay. And so nawazaapparel.com, and then um, also like something that I'm I'm doing a lot of like motivational talks on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, that's how we found each other, man. Awesome. So my YouTube <laughs> channel is just Casey Halstead. Yeah. You know, if you if you like this and and you want to connect, you know, that's a really good place to do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would appreciate it if you would subscribe and and check me out. And, Holy man. Give me yeah. advice so I get better at it. Totally. Totally. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, you know, when I, I saw your video, um, you lit a flame that um, that I was looking for that day. You know, so I, I, I had to say something. I had to reach out and, and wanted to meet you for sure, man. So do not stop doing those videos at all. Like, I won't. <laughs> you know, I won't. Do not stop those videos, man. Uh, they, they definitely, um, you know, you're, you, you can just see it in your eyes, man. You can see it in your... In, in, in the way who you are, you know, and uh, you, you come from a good spot. Uh, very, that. very like authentic. Um, and I don't, I don't want to use the word authentic because it's like everyone uses the word authentic nowadays. But you're just fucking real, you know. And, and that's something that that a lot of people miss um, and, and are searching for. So definitely keep those videos coming. There's a lot coming from you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, and then also, what, what are some of your social media handles um, where people can find you, like on Instagram and Facebook and stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm the most active on uh, Instagram at Coach.Casey. That's the, that's the Instagram handle. And then uh, Casey Halstead on Facebook. I also put a lot of stuff out on there too. Twitter, I'm kind of weak on. I'm, I just started getting back into that and it's just underscore at underscore coach casey right on yeah. yeah we'll put up all the links to everything that you'd like you know on our Felixer page um when we launch this baby up and we're gonna go ahead. but thank you so much for being on the show thank man. you appreciate you so much yeah. thanks ashley no too. problem thank you we're gonna have to get you i'm, a, I'm on uh, an exclusive interview with you too <laughs> okay. oh you, you should you should she's amazing yeah. man yeah you're gonna do it thanks so much thank you that was cool yeah